I'm kind of, you know, all over the place because I got a, I got an earpiece on my left, um, on my left ear, listening to what they're saying on the booth. And then I got the, my pitch come on this side, telling me what pitch is coming. I can't, I can't hear any one of my teammates, you know, like, because Mookie's right here on my left, like trying to, trying to say something to me. And I'm telling him, I can't hear you, but he can, he can listen to, he can, he can hear me talking to the guys in the booth, kind of like, he's looking at me kind of weird. And I I don't think he he knew that I I got my top. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 212 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. We've arrived at the playoffs. That's right. The Rose Rotation has not one, not two, but three dudes who are in it, including a guy who's got a bye. Isn't that special, Miguel Rojas, your starting shortstop of the Los Angeles Dodgers? A whole week where you just kind of get to chill and try and stay sharp and watch baseball. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's an amazing privilege. Uh, we, a couple of years ago, we were discussing these kind of formats, you know, like how many teams will be in uh, when we got our last uh, agreement with the MLB uh, in the Players Association. I feel like we did a great job, like, Spending the ro- spending the playoff uh, field for a couple more teams, and we see we see uh, a lot of excitement in these last couple games, and uh, you know how many more teams can be in it. And this kind of this kind of format is kind of weird because last year was the first year, and I heard from a lot of guys in the Dodgers that it wasn't easy, you know, to stay sharp for the first round. Uh, they they don't want to put that as an excuse, but uh, it's definitely a challenge to do so many so many things during these couple of days that we're going to be off uh for example for everybody over there to know um there's there's a lot of things that people don't know you know this day is completely off and then you start like kind of progressively work out towards saturday because you play saturday and then you have sunday off and it's kind of weird because we're in the middle of, we're not in the middle of the year anymore we kind of like locked in end of the season we got so many so many more games uh to play and everybody's kind of on that on that phase where uh the body's kind of tired and this rest can help you or can not because it's going to throw you out of the rhythm of the 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 game of baseball so it's kind of a challenge to actually stay focused and locked in on what is coming yeah we're the dodgers and the braves last year right you guys were the one and two (laughs) seeds you weren't here obviously you were with the marlins at the time but they they were the one and two seeds and they both got upset in the divisional round and so yeah there is that danger of the rest versus rust certainly in the baseball world i know you guys are going to be having a few like inner squad scrimmages to try and ramp it up in front Mm -hmm. of fans i mean what is that going to be like yeah that's what i heard i feel like this group of guys right now that we have in this clubhouse is going to be so much different than than any other team uh, or or group that I I've been part of, because the the kind of, the accountability that we have, the the way that we kind of hold our our, our each, each other accountable uh, throughout the days, and not just on the field but off the field as well with the with the rookies, with uh, with the veterans. I think that's going to be so important these couple of days because we're going to push uh, we're we're going to push ourselves to be kind of excellence in this kind of in in this scrimmage game we don't we're not just gonna go to emotions we're not just gonna go there and 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 do something to stay sharp we just want to play 
and we wanna we wanna go a hundred percent and we wanna try to win the game. So we have a couple of things in mind that we can do. Uh, the organization is trying to bring fans into the stands. See some ticket holders I heard. I haven't heard anything else like, or details about how it's gonna look like or how it's gonna be. But it's, it's, it's gonna be definitely special uh, to have some friends in the stands and play in front of them, have the opportunity to sign some autographs, not thinking about, you know, like getting um, getting in front of, like in the middle of the game and, and, and sign an autograph or something like that. We Actually, we can take care of the fans as much as we, we're gonna be ready for, for the playoff. Okay, on a personal note, you made it to the playoffs in 2020 with the Marlins. It was the pandemic shortened season. There were no fans in the stands. So I don't want to throw that out, but it was different than what you're about to experience. When you were first brought up, I believe it was 2014. You may have played in a playoff game or gotten an at bat, but you're in a much different role right now than you were then at the beginning of your major league career. How excited are you personally for the next week? few weeks whatever the future holds uh, I'm, I'm super excited and and this is something that i wanted to experience before my career was over you know uh obviously in baseball we all know and we've seen it over the weekend with a couple of players retiring from the game or or maybe playing their last game uh of their careers or, or in this city and it's really special when you when you walk into this opportunity to be in the playoff with the chance to win it all, with the hope to win it all, and being a big part of it, is is pretty excited. And and you always want to put yourself in that position because I feel like as a baseball player, that's what everybody wants to accomplish. You know, everybody wants to go to the playoff. Everyone, everybody wants to win a ring, and not everybody have that opportunity. So I feel really, really special that we just won a hundred games in the regular season, and we're gonna have the opportunity to play in the playoff with a that meaning for the city, for the clubhouse, for myself personally. I felt like I have done a lot in this game on the on my personal standpoint because uh, from a player that started his career being a utility guy, having an opportunity to play here and there, defensive replacement, now to have the opportunity to play a shortstop for a playoff team that is contending for the World Series, I'm super excited and I I I just gonna I just gonna go into it. Not trying to do too much, but trying to enjoy it all. You know, it's, it's just one goal: is win the game. Like it, it doesn't matter who hits the more home runs, or or, or how 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 your batting average looks like, or what it, what you're gonna do uh, to put yourself in the record in the record books. Is that that goes off the window when you play playoff games for a team like like us? I feel like we all want to win. We all want to win together, and that's all. That's all I'm, I'm. I'm thinking about right now. I'm thinking about enjoying the time and do whatever I can do to help. Uh, to help this ball club win. So Friday night, I was just chilling with uh, my wife Michelle, and we were just kind of hanging out. And I checked Twitter, and all of a sudden, I get a notification from one of our outstanding Rose Rotation loyalists, who's like, "Oh shit, did you see about Miggy Rowe?" And I was like, "Uh oh." So I checked. And sure enough, my man takes one right off the hand. And I was like, God damn it. You've got like, I'm sitting here freaking out. Yeah. What about you when that happened? No, I freaked out as well because uh, it was a 96 mile per hour fastball that kind of got me on the hand. 
I'm glad that it didn't, it didn't kind of like hit me on the back of the hand, but you can see it. It's, it's swelling a little bit right now. Um, I couldn't, obviously, I couldn't play the last couple games of the season. Um, it, was, it was no reason for me to push it and trying to actually uh, play those games because uh, I think rest was the best option at the time. And I know I'm going to be able to get some at-bats throughout this week uh, before the playoff starts. But the most important part is like to feel as as the best that I can feel going into Saturday. So when I get hit by pitch, I got out of the game. I think it was uh, uh, the right decision to uh, to go and get an X-ray. The X-ray came back negative, uh, but I still I still felt sore the next day that I couldn't even swing the bat. And it kind of like got me into that mode where I mean I gotta give everything that I have like going into the postseason and, and for these couple games that we're going to play. We're probably going to play for, for another month and that's it. I can I can heal it out after it happens. So I don't want to know more details about what's going on in the hand. I just want to go day to day and see how it feels in the cage. And if I if I can hit, I can play because def- defensively I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I can catch ground balls. I can throw the ball to first base. Um, it doesn't bother me when I catch. So the problem is going to be hitting. Um, and obviously I just want to go to the cage every single day and see how it feels and go from there. I don't want to know more details about like if something is going on in there. Would you play a game if it was today? Yeah, definitely. If it's a playoff game, I'll play today. It's, it's not, not a doubt on my mind that uh, I, will, I will like put myself available. I don't know if they're going to play me though. You know, like that's the thing. Uh, I'm not making the lineup, but uh, if they put me in there, I'll be ready to go. You're their best defensive option at shortstop, and it's—I mean, we all know that, right? I mean, they want you out there. So, is there—is there a planned discussion time with you? Are they going to reevaluate you when it's time to hit in those sim games, or what? Yeah, one hundred percent. I feel like uh, tomorrow's going to be a light practice. We're just going to go through uh, maybe the the routines that we do before the game, batting practice, maybe throw to the bases, uh, some infield drills. I'm pretty sure we're going to do. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, <clears throat> it will come out to uh, to how I feel during Wednesday and Thursday uh, simulated games. You know, uh, those at-bats are going to be important for me to see where I'm at. And obviously, they're going to see the results of those at-bats. And um, at the end of the day, I, I understand that the team have a plan and they, they have joined me for the whole year that they're not going to panic about anything. Uh, they always have something in place if something happened but definitely i want to be out there and i want to be the guy you know like that's that's that this is these are the moments that we're we're playing for you know who who doesn't want to be there every single day playing a shortstop in dodger stadium for a championship caliber team you know so there's the physical side of that and then there's the emotional side and your teammates got very very emotional over this whole thing i mean there was a lot Mm -hmm. of barking back and forth uh, there was some shit with Lance Lynn that was going on in the mm-hmm. game as well. Um, how does that make you feel when your teammates have your back and your organization is like, "That's fucked up. Don't go. Don't do that." Yeah, uh, it's it's really special. You just you just mentioned it. The way that uh, that made me feel is uh, is that a value, you know, for for someone other than than just the Miguel Rojas that they know or the shortstop is the person um that i be- that i become with this group of guys you know 
Um, the camaraderie in this group is so special. We bond so well off the field. We all know uh, what it takes for us to have a, a great season, regardless of the results at the end of the day. Win or lose, we're going to have a, a great time and we're going to have our back and we're going to play hard to accomplish what we want to accomplish. And we all know that in baseball, sometimes you lose, sometimes you win, but uh, you got you to gotta learn from a lot of things that are happening so we can move on, you know? And, and when that happened to, with Lynn, the other day, Lynn just got here in the middle of the year, and I never, I never met Lynn personally before he got to the clubhouse uh, in the tra- uh, during the trade deadline. And something happened in that play where I was in the middle of the grass or, or I was touching the grass before he mm-hmm. delivered the pitch. I catch a ground ball and make a good play, actually, of the middle uh, for him again. And they... They end up challenging the play, and I was on the grass or whatever. I was touching the grass when he was about to deliver the pitch. He was kind of upset that they were looking for something like that. They got cameras, like place in a, in a place in uh, uh, um, around the grass uh, on the infield uh, uh, over there at the park or the park. And I feel like that's kind of like like going going too far, you know? Like all the rules that are being kind of in place. I think everybody's kind of is is being respectful of it. We we've been adjusting a lot, you know. But I me mean, as a shortstop, I had to play in that little like fine line between like being so close to the grass and not because it's gonna it's gonna be a big part of my of my game, you know. Like I give up a lot of room if I if I'm not all the way back in the on on the dirt, like kind of touching the grass a little bit. I can't be so so far forward and. How many how many pitches we see in the game? We see around I don't know three hundred and something pitches per game. I can't really be I can't really be paying attention every single time where my feet are. I'm not gonna do that. I'm, I've been playing shortstop for a long for a long time, and I kind of know where I'm at. And it was kind of upset that that happened in that inning, and then right after that, boom, I got hit by pitch. Lance was going was going crazy for me and and not just for me but for for the whole team you know like we want to we want to actually like have our back and and know that we have each other and that made me feel really good the lens at that time he was on my side even when i make a mistake for him he came back gave me another ground ball to shortstop we turned the double play we got out of the inning i was pretty pretty excited pretty emotional it's 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 really nice to be around guys like that so, Miggy, I, I just want to make sure I'm understanding this right. Do you feel like it was retaliation for you improperly lining up in the infield that an inning late, your next at bat that you got? No, punched? no, no. I feel like everything kind of lines up for for Lee to show up uh, his appreciation for me. You know, not got not it. that they hit me because I okay. wasn't that. I mean, they they got the best part of of me not not doing the the thing right on the field. You know, hitting me wasn't didn't have anything to do with the play. Got it. But Lance kind of like I did something wrong for Lance. You know, like I put Lance in 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 a in a in a, in a jam. You know, I I he went up walking the guy, then he walked the next guy, and then he got first and second when when he could he could have like two outs, bases empty. You know, and he wasn't mad at me. You know, he actually like told me, hey. You didn't do anything wrong. They they are the one who like shouldn't be like challenging that, you know. But at the end of the day, it's a rule. 
I understand they're going to try to take advantage of it. Um, but then when I got hit, I can see Lance uh, being really vocal in the dugout and showing me the support that, uh, that, that, that he shows there. Okay, I appreciate that clarification. So just moving forward, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on this fielding thing, but it's the first time I can remember somebody getting called for it. Mm -hmm. Is it now something where you are going to have to pay better attention to? Yeah, one hundred percent. Because uh, it's gonna be, it's gonna come crunch time where that thing can happen. You know, those pitches are really valuable for the guy. I'm not saying that during the regular season or not, but I mean, you you know how it is. Mm -hmm. uh, we we have not many games that that we can that we can play like play around with, and I have to pay attention to not be on the grass. Because now that happens, it's a learning experience for me, and not just for me, but for all the other infielders that play in the middle infield for us, that they're gonna be looking for it, you know. And if you know they're gonna be looking for it, you gotta be careful and you gotta be on your toes, kind of uh, knowing where you are. Okay, fair enough. Pardon the interruption, but the NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweet offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness and download the DraftKings Sportsbook now and use promo code ROSE and new customers score $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet $5 on the NFL. That's code ROSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Now back to the show. So there was a bunch of interesting things that have happened on the field that I just kind of want your opinion on. And I don't know how much you paid attention to it, but last week the Astros and Mariners played a huge series up in Seattle. And you had J-Rod that struck out against Hector Neris, who then charged in his direction instead of heading back to his dugout. And the bench is kind of emptied. And there was some weird stuff. There were allegations that Neris said something. That's still being investigated by Major League Baseball. Neris said he didn't say anything. Um, did you have a problem with what Neris did? Or is this just kind of heat of the moment stuff? Is this too far? I think it's hit at the moment, and same thing is it happens with hitters. You know, when uh when they hit big home runs and they celebrate and they throw the bat up in the air and all that, you know, like that can that can piss piss some people off, you know, and piss some pitchers off because uh they feel like they getting kind of show up in the middle of the field and and it's all about them at that at that moment. But when you started to to get towards a, a player towards a guy, it feels a little bit more personal, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like all you're looking for is, like, for a fight. And for me, that was the only part that, I mean, you can scream all you want and let me know that you strike me out or whatever. But if you start if you start walking towards me, it doesn't matter how, how friend we are, 
how how cool we are together i'm gonna take that personal and and i'm gonna i'm gonna feel like you're trying to find me so it, it doesn't have to be with the strikeout or the celebration because we all know in in this game now nowadays uh, a lot of people are celebrating uh, more than how it used to be and i'm kind of like hanging out in that fine line in the middle where i grew up in a different game you know thinking that when you shop something someone up like that you're gonna get hit or someone in your team is gonna get hit but not anymore like it's, it's becoming kind of like a personal um i don't know personal uh things that people do to actually show their their character and that the, they enjoy the game that way yeah, it kind of becomes their it kind of becomes their brand almost exactly personalities you know, yeah marketing like, that's how right and and we all understand that and we're living in a different world now where everything is on social media right away when you do something like that and it can actually help you or help help you or 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 damage you in a different way if you do something good or you do something wrong um but i feel like when 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 the pitcher start charging someone or or walking towards him it becomes personal so i gotta say that they probably have their their own kind of relationship but uh, i mean it doesn't matter what kind of relationship you have when you have someone like walking towards you screaming you that the i just strike you out i'm better than you you're gonna take that personal and um yep. i i know julio for a little bit i i don't know him well but he's such a nice guy, such a nice kid that I, I don't think he 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 won any any part of it. No, I think he was he was shocked. If I'm reading the situation the right way, it sounded like he was shocked and disappointed because he had had Neris over. I think if I read this right, over to his house, you know that they were teammates in the World Baseball Classic and they knew each other and they were friendly. And he was like, "Now I'm done with him. I don't want any." And that's such a shame to lose a friendship. In a relationship mm -hmm. over something that competition's one thing, but that just seemed weird. But I am curious, who is mm -hmm. the one guy that you played with? If he had been in the batter's box and Neris had done that, he would have gone out and kicked his ass. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know if there's someone that I have that relationship with as a, as a pitcher, but no, I, no, I no. would be really surprised. I'm, oh, I'm, so I, I'm saying a guy, to... a guy you played with. Who, if if a pitcher comes after him like that, walks toward him, he would have been like, "Yo, bro, don't walk after me." And then he would have gone out and he would have pummeled him. He would have got, you know, he would have thrown. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I got that in me because I'm never looking for a. I'm never looking for a for a confrontation like that. I would have done the same thing that Julio did, kind of. Uh -huh. You know, I'm I'm that kind of I'm that kind of person where I'm I'm more disappointed of like how people act and I stop talking to them. And I'm kind of like don't want any 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 part of it. Then then trying to initiate a fight. I don't know. I'm I'm that way. I'm like like I heard Mookie on one of his podcasts say something about it. Like if we if we start if we start a fight with with you guys, and I I think he was talking to one of the Diamondback guys. Hey, I'm just gonna go after you, and I'm just gonna try to hold you back. But I'm not trying to fight. I'm I'm the same way. Like. You never know what's going to happen in the heat of the moment and and how you're going to react but i feel like i don't know i, I gotta say someone like tanner scott i play with him uh with miami we have a really good relationship and he if he ever strike me out and start like 
screaming at me like that and, and coming towards me, I think I, I would be surprised. But I will never try to fight him. I will be more disappointed that that moment happened uh, because I thought we were boys, you know? Yeah. But is there a teammate you played with? And maybe I'm not asking the question the right way. Is there a teammate yeah. you played with that if he's in the batter's box, and I don't care what pitcher it is that comes after him, that he has a short fuse and he doesn't mind fighting? Like, who is the guy that you played with over the years who was the best fighter? Like, you're like, that dude, you better be careful of him. Don't mess with him. Yeah, well, I got to say that it was Jose Ureña. The, uh, as a pitcher, it was him. Oh. <laughs> he was, uh, he was uh, the best fighter, always ready to go. <laughs> and as a hitter, um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like... It's really hard. It's really easy. It's a really hard question uh, because I hit it. I don't want to put a name out there just because I'm, I'm throwing it out. But uh, definitely, definitely, I, I play with some some dudes that, that I mean, if, if they if they if, if you mess with him, they're going to go. But I, I don't I don't really not, nothing coming to my mind right now. OK, uh, fair enough about that. But a pitcher who Reña for sure. Fair enough. All right. So um, we talked a little bit about brands. I think your brand went up several notches on Sunday Night Baseball recently. You were wearing a mic in a game, and you are actually conversing with the Sunday Night Baseball crew that was in the booth. And lo and behold, a ball comes your direction, and this happens. Uh, as soon as I start, sorry guys, I need to make this play real quick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're comfortable. That was great. That was great. Yeah. How much fun was that? Oh, it was a lot of fun. At the beginning, when I when I asked when I got asked if I wanted to wear this mic, I was kind of I don't know I I don't know what to do. You know, uh, I'm I'm so hard on myself when I play the game, and I I don't want to be messing around or or be talking, and 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 then all of a sudden, boom, I make an error or something like that because I'm like I'm I'm not paying attention to the game. But then when I decided to happen, um, I said, you know, you know what? I'm just going to have fun with it. Um, I'm just going to give them my best uh, personality, who I am, you know, like how I've always been in the game. And I actually was like, okay, if they hit a ball right here, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, all over the place because I got an got a earpiece on my, left, um, on my left ear listening to what they're saying on the booth. And then I got the, my pitch come on this side telling me what pitch is coming. I can't, I can't hear any one of my teammates, you know, like because Mookie's right here on my left, like trying to trying to say something to me, and I'm telling him I can't hear you, but he can he can listen to he can he can hear me talking to the guys in the booth, kind of like he's looking at me, kind of weird, and he, I I don't think he know he knew that I I got my top for that, and as soon as the ball was hit, first guy, first guy on the inning, I have them I have the mic for just half of an inning. So the guy hit this ball and I'm starting going after the ball. And after after I kind of like know that I was going to catch it, I started having fun with it because, uh, I mean, it's something that it comes natural to me. Uh, when I play defense, I can do so many things, you know, like I, I'm always talking. I'm always talking to the infielder. Sometimes I'm catching a ball and I'm telling Mookie, hey, Mookie, look at how I, move, how I move my feet. The thing is like nobody knows that, you know, like you can ask, you can ask Mookie every time you want. Like we talk when when we catch when we catching the ball when there's a ball hit to me, I'm telling Mookie Mookie I got it I got it I make this play, and he says something back to me and I hear him while I'm making the play, 
So it's not the first time it happened. So that's why it came out naturally. Uh, but it definitely was a it was a great time. It, it was it, it's gonna be one of the highlights of my of my career uh, making that play uh, and talking through it and being mic'd up. It, it was amazing. It was. It was great for you. It was great for baseball. It was amazing for social media as it made the rounds. Mm-hmm. Do you see who who loved it on social media? Yeah. Did you see? Yeah, I saw. I saw that LeBron uh, kind of posted posted a story about it uh, that he wanted to to bring it into his game uh, uh, next year, and it's pretty awesome, you know, because uh, he's been in the in the at the ballpark. He knows. He knows who who, who we are. He knows. Uh, the 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 Dodgers are are playing good baseball. Uh, he's been around. He's been involved. Um, not just him, but his uh, his foundation as well. Uh, he plays for the city. He's a great, you know, he's a great uh, ambassador of of the sport. And having someone like him, like saying something about what happened, uh, it was pretty good, you know. Uh, and I couldn't believe it that, that he 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 liked that. And he like he felt like he was fired, you know. Dude, this is your opportunity. I'm telling you, go to a <laughs> go to a Lakers game, get down there on the court ahead of time, go meet him, and he's gonna be like, "Yo, that was awesome." <laughs> Come on, I mean, this is it. This is your in. Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking for after we win the World Series. I'm looking for to go to a to a Lakers game, and uh, okay. I'll see. I'll see. I'll see there down there. I, I already talked to Mookie about it. Or I, I can talk to Magic Johnson or whatever when I see yeah. him again and, yeah. and tell him, man, I want to go to the game so uh, I can meet LeBron and, and actually chat about that. Yeah, let's go. Let's get on board with that, please. That would I be like nice. It. I like it. Um, you did something great in San Francisco over the weekend for your younger teammates. You went shoe shopping, which I'm sure was a very challenging thing for you to do since I know you <laughs> don't like spending money on shoes whatsoever. <laughs> so how many dudes did you take? Uh, it was five dudes uh, on the team. We have we have just these rookies right now with us. Uh, we have a couple more that they were rookies during the year, but uh, um, guys like Gus Berling, he got hurt, he got a, a surgery, or like let's say Miguel Vargas was here early, but he was a Triple A. Um, there's a couple other guys that I wanted to take, but they weren't on the team at the moment. So there were just five of them. Uh, I took in shoe shopping. This is a kind of uh, a tradition that I, that I started with the Marlins when I was there. Uh, at the beginning, I split up with. I remember Martin Prado the first the first year that I that I told Martin that I wanted to help him uh, pay for the bill of where we took the guys. It was uh, a store in New York that we took the guys uh, for for um, getting getting them suits because we still fly on suits uh, at that year. I think it was 2018 when I first got my uh, my first uh, uh, like big pay, uh, and I wanted to take care of uh, what Martin was doing because he was taking like a lot of guys. And I said, okay, Martin, let me take a couple guys so I can I can pay for their stuff. Then after that, I started kind of creating my own thing because uh, guys like Adrian, Adrian Gonzalez took care of me, Alex Gonzalez in the minor leagues with the Reds. Took care of me, took me to dinner, gave me a couple like baseball equipment, bats, uh, spikes, things like that when I was like in rookie ball. And then Martin Prado with the Marlins, he was the one like kind of taking care of all the rookies because he was a like high pay guy. 
veteran on the team, leader. And I kind of like wanted to take my own tradition of taking kids or, or not kids because these guys are not kids, taking these guys, young players, shoe shopping. So that way they can have something that they will remember from their first years in the big leagues and knowing that one of his teammates kind of take care of them, have their back. And it doesn't have to be just in a baseball game. It can be off the field as well, you know? And it's meaningful to me because uh, it doesn't matter how much money you spend on this. It's the time that you take to tell them, hey, I got your back. You can count on me whenever you, whenever you, you need. And, and because you're a young player, you're always going to have a veteran right next to you. And I feel like that's going to make them feel so much better when they're on the mound, when we have Emmett Cheeham pitching in this playoff, first time in, in, his, in his career, pitching in these kind of situations. And he can look back and say, this guy right here, right next to me, is my friend. He's not just a player that is there, you know? Like, he can, he can look at Freddie Freeman and say, oh, this guy is giving me confidence that I can do this. I think that's what's so much, so, so important about, like, having this relationship with young players. And hopefully, with that little present, they feel so much comfortable and so much better and say, you know what? These guys like me and I just here to do my job. And hopefully when I'm a veteran, I can do kind of the same thing, you know? That's awesome. So who got the best pair of kicks? Uh, from that day, I, I got I to gotta say uh, Ryan Pepio get a pair of threes, uh, Palominos. They just came out, but they have just one side. I, I, I think Bobby Miller wants the same pair. And, um, yeah, the Palominos uh, threes uh, was the best pair that it was by the, that, that day. Okay. Well, I, I just want to show you this. I know oh, we yeah. were going to go shoe shopping, but we we, right. we couldn't wait. Michelle got too antsy. She was very excited about the possibility. So, instead, she got me a pair. Ooh. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice colors, too. Right? Yeah, the okay. gray, the gray with the yellow right there. Oh, that's that's hey, that's 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 fancy for you. Yeah, so you have inspired me. <clears throat> You've inspired me ever since we became friends and started doing this show. I now have three pair. I've got, you know, Robbie Shiraco, our mm -hmm. awesome producer. He got me the awesome paint ones, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean Custom. those are those are amazing. I wear those and people are like, "Yo, where'd you mm -hmm. get those?" I'm like, my producer. He those are, those are custom pants. Yeah, and then I've got the original pair, the uh, mm -hmm. you know, that I got the the black and the white with a little bit of gray in them. And then, then these are like I'm, you know, I'm finally starting to get some game at age 52, man. I like it. I love it, man. It's never too late. It's never too late, Chris. And that's uh, true. I mean, you you will you will feel great wearing them and knowing that you're wearing that. And and those are great for you because uh you don't have to like have like a crazy outfit. You know, like no. you can throw it on with jeans, shorts, to go to gro to go gro grocery shopping. Yeah. To go out for the dinner. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be good. They, yeah, they're, gonna, they're, they're good for you. I hear you, brother. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your buddy, your countryman, Miguel Cabrera. That's it. It's over. What a great run! I mean, holy smokes, was he amazing and so fun loving for the fans and everything. And I loved it that you got to play a special role in his goodbye out at Dodger Stadium, where you gave him a freaking star that was awesome how i mean god he must have loved that yeah he's gonna have a lot of stuff at his house at the end <laughs> of this year you know <laughs> oh my god he's gonna he's gonna have to build his own kind of 
I don't know, another another room for all the stuff that they give him um, this year. But uh, I was crying yesterday, to be honest with you. And wow. Peralta happens happens on the way to the airport. So we, we end up playing this game in San Francisco. And they on social media, they started posting all these videos of him, like catching... Sorry, catching the ground ball, running to first base and tagging the bag and he's pounding his chest. Um, everybody loving it, you know? And his like the introduction from his kids to his first at bat. And I'm watching these videos and I'm crying. Like I have my sunglasses on and I started crying because it makes me feel really emotional. And when I look back, Peralta behind me is crying like crying his ass off too, watching Miguel Cabrera highlights. And that's when I realized that he's, he was more than just a baseball player. He was an idol for all of us that is finishing his career. Miggy was kind of the middle point between the old school where you kind of remember just a little bit of like guys like David Concepcion, Luis Aparicio, um, Omar Vizquel, Andres Calarraga, and all those guys. And then there's this new generation that is playing right now, where you see guys like Jose Altuve, Ronald Acuna, um, Luis Arraez, and all these guys doing great things for, for the game of baseball, for coming from Venezuela. But you got Miguel Cabrera kind of like setting the tone and opening all these doors for us to becoming a really, really good uh, way, like a wave of players from Venezuela that they can really do it and they can really win batting titles. They can really win MVPs. They can be really, really good. And Miguel Cabrera started all that. And knowing that yesterday was his last game, it was more of a feeling of, man, thank you for everything that you did. Thank you for, for putting us on the map the way that you did, and it's the closest thing that we can have from a superhero out of Venezuela that you always gonna remember. You know, it's, it's like it's like the best character from Venezuela for me is Miguel Cabrera, and he always gonna live like that. You know, he's his legend. He's gonna be a legend forever, and we all know he's gonna get in the into the Hall of Fame in a couple of years from now, but. Uh, for Venezuelans, is is so special, and you have to see all the love that he received from Venezuelan, not just players, but artists, people who works on TV, people who is being around the game of baseball, or out of the game of baseball. It, it was a really special moment. That's really cool. God, I love yeah. hearing stories like that. What is it like when he goes back to Venezuela? Do you have any idea? Like, is he when he gets off the plane? Is he just yeah. flooded by people? Is it superstar status? What is it? No, superstar status for sure. And he's probably going to go to Venezuela and he's not going to tell anybody that he's, he's coming, you know? Because if not, it's going to be a craziness at the airport. And stuff like you see on these on this shows or documentals where they're showing people getting into, you know, when the United States team got to hmm. Japan or something like that. And, and people when were going crazy. That's how Venezuela would react if they if they see him there. But uh, I mean, you know how it is. Uh, I don't know if he's planning on going back to Venezuela and doing something 
uh, during this season in Winterball, but uh, he will be well received and he's going to be kind of like the king of the moment. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be like superstar, like can't really walk around the streets because of people will be all over him. Wasn't very nice of you to uh, rob him of a base hit in the series. Yeah, I did that. I mean, I think he got he got plenty. You know, <laughs> it was it was my time to steal a little bit of uh, <laughs> uh, camera camera time. Uh, you know, I wanna I wanna get some TV time robbing a hit. Um, I remember because I didn't know that he was one hit away from uh, tying Adrian Beltre in the all time list and then after that after after my play uh he got a base hit to the middle but when i got out and out of the game i checked my phone and it was like a lot of people mad at me because what are you doing he's venezuelan he's going for something bigger than than that little play that you made you know you just gotta let it go and i'm thinking oh how, how about ryan pepio that he's trying to uh He's trying to make a name for himself and, and fighting for a playoff spot, you know? Like, he wants to pitch in the playoff. You want me to just let that go and then the, the next guy hit a bubble? So I'm not doing my job and I'm not helping my teammates. So, yeah, Miguel Cabrera, I love him. And he's uh, he's my idol, but he got, like, 3,000-plus hits. <laughs> Did he say anything to you afterward? He was, he was like, wave, waving his hands from first base, and I know he was, like, kind of... <laughs> Saying uh, saying a couple bad words to me there, but uh, it was all friendship and it's fun when something like that happened. I couldn't kind of, I couldn't really like keep the straight face, you know, because I was kind of laughing that I just did that. Uh, but uh, it was all fun, man. Fun moment. That was great. So your uh, teammate and fellow countryman, Bruce Dark Greiterall, had an amazingly emotional moment within the last few weeks. And for people that have followed you on this show, we know how close you were with your mom. He hadn't seen his mom in seven years because of visa issues. She came to this country. She hadn't met his wife. She hadn't met her grandchild. And to see the video of them at the airport and then later that day at the game where she got to take in his first game where she saw him as a major leaguer, I can only imagine what that entire experience was like for him. Did he share it with you? Yeah, man, and especially because uh, we're kind of locker mates. He's, uh, he's two lockers away from me, and I can see him in the afternoons. He's always, like, talking on the phone on, on FaceTime with his family in Venezuela, his brother, his mom. Um, and it's really hard when, when you know you have the opportunity to be with them and you have them, like, in person, but you can have them with you, you know? It's, it, it was really hard. But I know he was uh, preparing this moment for a long time. The organization helped him a lot to uh, get them the visa. And he finally, do you see the hog in, in, on, on, on the airport? How special that moment was. Not, it doesn't have to do anything with baseball. It's about life. It's having your mom with you, you know? It's being able to tell your mom that you love her. And having her when you're having your best times and when you're having your worst times. That's what, that's what we care about the most, you know? It doesn't matter how good you are as a baseball player. It's having your mom around and telling her, mom, I want you to make me an EPA. You know, it's, I think that's the best part about having your mom around you, that you can actually do things for her and she can do things for you that 
she was doing when you was little. So I really I got related a lot with this story because I haven't seen um my my dad for over a year, you know, because I haven't been able to go to Venezuela maybe one off season. And I, I don't see my dad for two years because he doesn't have a visa. And we've been trying to get him a visa and he keep getting keep getting denied uh for a few years now. So it's a hard, it's kinda it's kinda hard problem that we have. And it's a different barrier. Knowing that they got together after such a long time and she's she being able to be uh on the top of the of, of, of the seats watching his son kind of accomplishing what they dream together and kind of for what he fought throughout her all her, her whole life so Brewster could have a future that was a, that was an amazing moment and seeing crying on the on the bench that day uh that was that was really special it was a great moment i mean it really was and yeah i, I thank him and amazing. his mom and the dodgers for kind of letting us get a peek into what it's it's a real humanizing moment, and uh, yeah. it was special. I know, I know, I watched it in tears. It was uh, unreal. Man, that that's why twenty twenty three, regardless of what happened, it's gonna be such a, a memorable memorable year, and and it's gonna be remembered by a lot of us in the clubhouse because a lot of cool cool things have happened for this team. You know, uh, you know, you see the, the season of Freddie Freeman, you see the season of Mookie Betts. Uh, they can be if, if Ronald Acuna doesn't exist this year, you know, and the crazy year that he's having, that he had. Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman could have been MVPs. Easy. And being able to be part of that, Bruce Aguilar, I think he threw like 30 innings consecutive. I don't know how many innings. I don't remember his the last round that he uh, that he gave up. Oh. All those things plus the the personal side of it on the side too. That's a combination of a great of a great experience, great thing. It's awesome. It really is awesome. So by the way, you think Acuna is the MVP, huh? No, one hundred percent. Isn't it? Shouldn't be shouldn't be a, a doubt. Yeah. I mean what what Freddie, Mookie and Olson did are really impressive and amazing without Acuna existing. You know, if Acuna is in American League or something like that, okay, these three guys will have like one of the closest kind of MVP watch that you can have. But as soon as Acuna took off, I remember he came to LA and he had 20, 29 homers, I think. And it was uh, less than a month for us, for, for us to play. And he hit 30 here. So he became at 30, 30. And then he started stealing all the bags. He got to 30-60, and we all think that it was it, that was pretty cool. But then he ended up like 40-something, 40 41, and 73 or 74. That's that's something that you don't see. Well, you haven't seen that in baseball ever. So he's an MVP. He hit 330. So he's the MVP. I think so, too. I understand people who uh, talk about Mookie's positional versatility because I do think that's a huge, huge thing yeah. for a manager to be able to move a guy around and not feel like you're giving up any defense anywhere. And you've seen it firsthand. But this, you know, for a guy who plays with 
the guys who are probably going to finish second and third in the MVP voting. Mm-hmm. And for you to say that it's Acuna going away, I think that's a big deal. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not cutting anything short of no. what Mookie did this year. Oh, you know, no. stepping, stepping, stepping out and and playing shortstop when uh when uh when me and, and Chris and Chris Taylor went down, uh, it was a big deal for us and for him as well. Because I know it's not it's not easy for him. I I can see it every single day when he's playing second base, and it's not it's not just Chris. It's not just playing second base for a day. It's like being being in second base. And when they bring a, a righty into the game, they have to move into right field because they bring all, all the lefties, and and we change lanes, you know, because we got we got kind of those two teams that we can play against righties and against lefties, and you've been seeing it. So Jason Hayward is in the lineup and David Peralta, and as soon as they, they bring a lefty into the game, they put Kike and Ahmed Rosario, and these two guys play in the infield. And then Mookie in the middle of the game, he has to go. He have to go to right field. And then all of a sudden, I get pinched for later in the game. He have to come back on second base and play the last inning of the game, winning by one. So that's the hardest part, you know. And doing it on the like the way that he's been doing it, lean off for the team, playing right field, second base, and shortstop, and being kind of the spark of us. Like if he goes, we go. Well, you see, in August, you know, he have the best month of his life. Maybe he almost hit five hundred. All the home runs and all that, the Dodgers went twenty-five and five that you, that that month, twenty-five and four or something like that. So that's the kind of player that he is, and that's why he deserves an MVP. But unfortunately, Ronnie, well, not unfortunately, I gotta say, uh, Acuna exists, and Acuna is the best player in the league right now, um, and that's why he's not gonna win an MVP. Yeah, the one thing I just have have hated about the whole thing is people trying to take shots at the other person. Like Dodger fans will say, well, Acuna's defense yeah. sucks. And then people will say, well, Acuna leads bets in every category. Folks, this is like the whole MJ LeBron discussion. Like whoever's one and whoever's two, like we're talking about the best of the best. Like these guys are on a Cooperstown trajectory. Enjoy the seasons. You might have a favorite. You might be a fan of the Braves or the Dodgers or Acuna or Betts or whatever it is. But shit, don't try and tear somebody else down and say, well, this guy doesn't do this and this guy doesn't do it. Who the fuck cares, man? They are great baseball players. I love watching them both play. I think Acuna is going to win it at the end of the day. Just enjoy. Jeez. It's really hard for this. It's really hard for these people on the internet to stay on the positive side, you know? <laughs> why Why can't you Why can't you just, uh, like, be, like, remark, remark the positive of everyone? And let the people who needs to vote and all that. And I'm, I'm, I can I can I can speak from from the heart. I I, I know Mookie can, can care less about winning an MVP. All he wants is winning the championship. Yeah, he already got one MVP. I'm not gonna say that he don't want two. You know, of course he wants another MVP if it's coming his way. You know, but he's playing every single day not to win MVPs. Yeah. He plays every single day to win the game, and that's what. That's what we care about the most. Uh, Freddie Freeman the other day, let me let me give you a story uh, about Freddie. So he hit a he got a he got a double first at bat. No, he got a base hit first at bat. He hit a homer in San Francisco. Then third at bat, he hit a ball up the middle, and he 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 also for two. He got the double. So I'm asking the dugout, hey Freddie. Um, so next at bat, 
you hit a ball in the gap, what do you do? Because it's chasing 60, 60 doubles. And if you hit a triple, it's a cycle. And his response was like so genuine. And he said, I'm just going to play the game. If the situation calls for me to stay at second base, I'll stay at second base. If the ball is out there, I'm not going to stop at second base and look like an idiot just because I won 60 doubles. I'll keep going to third because I want to get my guy uh, an RBI. And we're all like, come on, man. I mean, nobody, nobody cares about, I mean, if we win or lose this game, what, what's the difference? Yeah, the difference is that he's a professional and he don't care about his own numbers. And he don't care about getting an extra cycle or an extra 60 double season. He cares about everybody else on the team and getting his teammate an RBI, an easy RBI if he can. That's what that's what tells you what kind of players these guys are. That's awesome. Doesn't surprise me one bit, but that's great to hear. I got two more things, and I'm so appreciative of your time today. I know it's your off day, but um, I want to hit you on two two things. One is, I don't know if you saw the Bryce Harper ejection against Angel Hernandez on the check swing. You see that? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Where they hit then through the helmet in the stands on his exit route. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. Can you help us out with Angel Hernandez? Like, here's what Plouffe says about him. He said he's a great guy. Super nice to talk to is what he's always said. He he said, but he's a bad umpire. Well, what's going on here? Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just like uh, it's a shame, and I don't know I don't know where when it's gonna stop or where where can can like people draw a line, you know, to uh to keep missing things and missing calls like that and 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 continue to do it you know on the regular basis it feels like it's, it's over and over and, and i think bryce handled it handled it really well but i mean you're fighting and you're grinding through an bat, you know for an for a for an umpire it doesn't matter who it is to just care less about like paying a little bit more attention and seeing that you know like he like he did it like he didn't even care and he i think he's he, he think he's right you know he will he will come back and watch a video or something like that and will say, "Oh no, he went. I know I was right. He's acting crazy just because I strike him out." And that's that's what what kind of like bothers me is that I mean players are working really hard and and Bryce said it, you know, like he never faced this guy before. Three two count. He's he's speed on the slider in the dirt, and all of a sudden he he got he got a strike out and. And the thing is, he got he got that mad not just because the strikeout. It's because uh, I mean, Angel didn't care about like you know like focusing on the game, and knowing the value of that at bat for for people. So that's that's why that's why I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand when we draw the line, and say you know what like how many more times we have to deal with this, because if if I go over whatever fifty, I'm gonna send home. I'm gonna send, go go send home. You know. They're not gonna. They're not gonna take it over and over and over and over. I'm gonna have to make an adjustment, or I'm gonna be out of baseball. So same thing happened with the umpires, and I think uh, it should be some kind of, you know, accountability within, you know, and hopefully it doesn't happen again. Yeah, Bryce said it afterward. He goes, "I'm gonna get a, a letter from Mike Hill, and I'm gonna get mm-hmm. fined for being right again." By the way, Bryce has been thrown out. I think. 
Kloof told me the other day. He's been thrown out, I think, 17 times. 17 times. That is a, by the way, that is a lot in the era of replay. That is a lot of ejections. Just saying. I I wonder, I wonder what Brad says to the umpires (laughs) (laughs) to get, to get thrown out that much. I'm guessing, I'm guessing most of the words are four letters and it's not what, when. Exactly. Last thing for you. This is a tough one. Is the season a failure if the Dodgers do not win at all? One every year. Uh, this organization uh, expect excellence, and they go into spring training every single year with an opportunity to win the World Series. And having the personnel that we have, knowing that where we are right now, um, it's gotta be it's gotta be a, a not just a motivation, but it's gotta be kind of uh, what we hold ourselves to when you put this uniform on you know you're playing for for the for the championship uh and in the spring training we have a really good uh, meeting when uh dave roberts was in the middle of the room and asked all the new guys that we got there why we choose the dodgers over other team over more money over another experience over staying where we are like a couple of us got here via trade, but when I got the call, I got the option of saying, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go to the Dodgers to be a utility player, right? So when what I, re- what I recap from that meeting and, and that moment where he asked Jason Hayward, J.D. Martinez, David Peralta, myself, it was that everybody is in this clubhouse to win. So when when we all got together and we all got to this organization, it wasn't because we didn't think that we can win the World Series. So that's why I, with this, I kind of answering your question that, yeah, if we, not, if we don't win the World Series this year, it's gonna be a failure and, and we're gonna have to do something to win the next year. But the, what the expectations of the organization is excellence and it's greatness. And that's why we got we to gotta go and try to win the World Series every single year. Well, we wish you luck, man. Get healthy. Get that hand going. I know that you're super excited. And we will see you out there on the field on Saturday. Best to you and your family. I know they're coming in for the exciting moment. So yep. enjoy the ride. I hope it lasts a while. All right, my friend? Thank you very much. Uh, we have another month of baseball to play. Um, I'm super excited for this opportunity and looking forward to play in front of all the Dodgers fans home and on the road because I know they're going to be traveling. Uh, thank you for the support throughout the whole year. 162 games where I have the most fun in my life. Um, on and off the field, I got to say thank you to the to my teammates as well because my teammates have like, been keeping me up through the up and downs of the year and I'm super excited to uh, to face this new challenge of uh, being in a playoff in front of fans and and playing playing for something bigger than than just uh, winning a game but winning a championship it's awesome it's gonna be a fun ride we got 12 teams all dreaming of the same thing only one will be able to kiss that commissioner's trophy it's gonna be That's a ton right. of fun uh, for our awesome producer Robbie Shiraco and Miguel Rojas
It's the starting shortstop of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.